The Gut Check Podcast is recorded before a live studio audience. And now, brought to you by Olive Tree Bible Software. Read, study, anywhere. www.olivetree.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always, by my good friend and non-sexual business partner, Zachary Bartles. And uh, Zach, we have a special episode today in that uh, I'm in my downstairs studio, meaning my classroom, and uh, I've got a a room full of eager students, podcasting students, uh, who are going to sit in on the program today and ask us some questions. But before we do that, uh, we have some very important gut check army business to take care of. Christmas is a magical time for a lot of reasons, but one reason is uh, I feel like we see an uptick in the things that people send us, um, both online and in the mail. So what do you have in your studio, baby? What, what do you have that you want to talk about that people have sent? And then I have, uh, I have something that I want to do that harkens back to like one of the old bedrock concepts that really made the show magical from day one. So uh, tell me what you got, though. All right. Well, Ryan French, French. Um, he sent us a, a little link to uh, Carmen's Facebook. Okay. Uh, who's now going by his like given name of Carmen Licciardello. Licciardello. That really long, okay. kind of swarthy uh, Italian name. Should I tell my students who Carmen is? Do your students don't know who Carmen is? What? Do you guys know who Carmen is? Very cheesy, like Christian musician from the eighties and nineties. Mostly from the 90s with, like, the big puffy purple jacket and, like, rapping. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Carmen... <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to read this, okay? Okay. Tuesday, January 10th, live, in quotes, new, pres- <laughs> new President Trump song premiere. <laughs> okay. Mark, mark your calendars this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. PCT... I don't know what that is. Um, Pacific time. Pacific. I thought that was PST, Pacific Standard Time. What's this? Pacific like Carmen time? PCT is Pacific Carmen. <laughs> it's Pacific uh, Carmen time. Yeah, nine exactly. o'clock EST. I'll be uh-huh. going old school and premiering a new song with ju- with just me and my guitar, like I used to back in the day. By the way, back in the day is all caps. But this time, you get to help. Uh-huh. I'm writing a song about. <laughs> I'm writing a song about President-elect Trump and his wild ride of an election. It's going to be crazy. You tell me what points you think the song should include. And I'm just going to parenthetically say he does not want me to tell him what points I think the song should include. No, he really doesn't. Nor does he want really anyone in this room probably telling him what what points (laughs) the song should include. You've watched the news and have lots of observations, so chime in and let's do this together. Post your ideas in the comments below, and I'll do my best to include them in this new song. And if there's any topic you want me to comment on, post that too. Here we go. Please share this. That's in all all caps and with quotes around it. With as many folks as you can, we're going to have some fun. That's it. Baby, I have a really important question for you. Okay. How old do you have to be as an old man before saying things like, 
like like the sorts of things that he said in there. Um, you know what I mean? Like old school or back in the uh, day, back in the day, like phrases like that. How old do you have to be where that becomes cute and endearing and not sad? Never. No, that's always sad. The, the older, the sadder. Like I, the, there are there are No, but like if my grandpa said it, it wouldn't be cute if your grandpa said it, dude. No, no, you're right, man. There, there are old women that I work with at a charity I work with, and they'll say things like, oh, look, this shirt has some bling on it, and every time I die a little inside. If, yeah? If you're like an elderly black man, you're just awesome when you say this sort of thing. But like A, a, a cute old lady. A cute – no, like, no, no, Ted. I, I, maybe, we're, maybe we differ here, but like when a movie is like, oh, yeah, have the grandma say, aw, snap, it just makes my uh, blood boil. It never makes me go, oh, tee <laughs> Like how do you feel about that? I don't know, man. I feel like there might be like a cuteness tipping point with that, where mm. if the person was old enough, it would be okay. But in this case, let me be clear. I mean, we both have history with Carmen. So <laughs> there, there's nothing endearing about what you just read. Um, it's it's distressing. Also, just a PS to that, like I thought he died like three years ago. Well, here's the thing with Carmen, and, and without any judgment as to what happened or any indication of what I think happened or anything, he mm-hmm. was all but forgotten. He couldn't put out any albums. Nobody wanted to do any of this stuff. He, he was like the Zach Bartles of uh, Christian music. Only he like had been uh, successful at what he was doing for, for many years. Uh, and then he got like a rare cancer and he was going to die within three years. <laughs> Suddenly he was like super popular. He went from like like 2,200 people liking him on Facebook to like – Three million. He was able to do another tour, another album, and and it was an inoperable and just untreatable cancer. And then he, he said, uh, "I I believe God's going to heal me." And then he was like, "Oh look, God healed me." And so now here he is, uh, still alive. And maybe there's some awkwardness there because uh, people were like, "Yeah, I liked you when you were dying," uh, and now he's trying to stir up some. Some more interest. I don't know what, what happened with that, but now he's... Did the thing that you read give any indication as to whether, like, the Trump camp is on board with the song? <laughs> like, did they commission the song, or is this just something that Carmen's doing of his own volition? I believe it it's an independent homage of some okay. kind. Um, I don't know. I'd like you to keep track of that so that we can loop back around to it in future shows. I really want to listen to that when it comes hey, out. You know what I just thought of? Remember um, Who's in the House, J.C.? Yes, I remember, remember how that. it began. Born, 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 <laughs> born, born. You remember that? No, I no, I just remember that it existed. I don't remember specifics about it. Okay, well, it began with that, and the, and that led up to the first line, which was he was born of a virgin named Mary on Christmas Day. But I was thinking perhaps this one could begin with like orange, 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 <laughs> orange, orange. <laughs> I like it. You know who else like that? All of my students. Good for them. Yeah, you're you're killing it here and uh, live in the studio, baby. I have uh, I have another question for you. Unless unless there's more that we got in the mail as a company that you want to talk about. Well, there's the uh, thing that we both got, but um, let's talk ahead. about that now. Okay. So uh, Scott McLean, I don't think Scotty has ever sent us anything before, right? No, we've had I benefactors don't think so. in the past, people like Webus who have sent us care packages and so forth. But um, this is our first gift from Scott McLean, Scott in the 503. Portlandia. uh, Yeah, I didn't realize he was from Portlandia, so this is exciting. Uh, I opened the box. Inside the box, and I want to make sure we got the same stuff, there were two random energy drinks and two, like, beef sticks. Yes. Is that what you got, too? In addition to a um, a lovely brochure that included instructions on how to make a brochure. Yeah, I got that, too. (laughs) 
I didn't know if that was like meant for us or if it was just a like a scrap of paper that he hand wrote the note on. Oh, I think he because it's got like business stuff written on it, mm-hmm. like just literally business stuff. I think that this is uh, this is like Chazworthy. This stuff. This guy's starting his year out with some Chaz wisdom. I like it, and he's starting our year out with a new energy drink to review on the air, baby. Which is a thing that uh, that we've done uh, in the history of the show. Now, um, what do you think of this bottle? First of all, like I've never experienced an energy drink that comes in like a Gatorade bottle. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, no. And and I have to tell you right off the bat, I'm nervous that it's going to taste like uh, like one of them did, like prune juice, which is something I had to drink one time for uh, undisclosed medical reasons. Um, <laughs> And it's one of my least favorite tastes, so I'm a little worried. This says lemon, key lime, strawberry. It's an awful lot of things, but dude, which to me seems like just a weird assortment of fruit flavors. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Copy wise, there's not a lot going on here, is there? No. Let me read the copy. Um, it says vigor. Now I struggled a little bit font wise with even knowing that this said Viso on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the font was almost so obscure that I didn't even know what I was looking at, but. Uh, let, let's take a look at the copy. This is Vigor, the best-selling flavor in the Viso lineup. Vigor <laughs> gets its great taste from organic lemon. Organic is capitalized. Um, per AP style, is it is it like do you have to capitalize the word organic? Is that a thing? <laughs> well, no. If it's your deity, you do. <laughs> if it's your deity, yeah. Maybe in this case, organic is a deity. Organic lemon, lime, and strawberry juices. We use a little bit of, again, capitalized, organic evaporated cane sugar for sweetness. All the vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes contained within Vigor are vegan-sourced and provide your body with the nutrients it needs to function at peak levels. Vigor is a bad-to-the-bone thirst quencher meant for customers who care about their bodies and the ingredients making up their favorite energy drink. Now, Ted, Uh, I think that if... if I had my druthers, and I don't, for the record, have my druthers, but if I did... That's a funny word. And I, and I, I just laughed like, uncontrollably when you said that. <laughs> I, I love your reading voice. I think it's wonderful, but mm-hmm. I would have I would have had uh, Carrie from Portlandia reading that copy instead of you if that I had my better. druthers. That would have been way better. Um, Zach, are you ready to, uh, to crack into the Viso Vigor? Let's find out what we're dealing with here. Okay. It's the sound of... Remember how when we used to make the sound in the microphone, it was the, the, the fizzy sound when you open a can. But Which will be the other my... stuff that we, we got from Scotty. Oh. Zach, what are you getting on the nose? Uh, it smells like sawdust and – actually, it smells it smells a lot like my, my little basement workshop at my house, my little hobby shop. <laughs> because there's uh-huh. like a, a, a bunch of uh, tools. There's a, a, like table saws, different saws. There's always a lot of sawdust all over the floor even though I have a shop vac. And then there's a large tub where I throw all of the old cans of uh, pop and energy drinks and stuff until mm-hmm. I return them. I don't know what it's like in Tennessee, but here in Michigan you get 10 cents for each can you bring back. They don't um, recycle down here. There's no recycling in Tennessee. Really? No. Tennessee is like the 1980s. <laughs> but what about the earth and stuff? They, they, they don't – that hasn't occurred to Tennesseans yet. Oh. That will occur to us in like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got them in my basement and it's kind of the coming together of like all those old cans and mm-hmm. the machine grease and all the chips of wood and sawdust on the floor kind of coming together smell an awful lot like Viso Vigor. What's it smell you like to you? Smells like, you know what it smells like to me, baby? You know how in prison movies there's always like <laughs> – there's always a guy in prison who's like making prison alcohol like in the toilet basin. Toilet wine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, toilet wine. 
and like he's cadging fruit from the, the from the galley or whatever, and, uh, and and sticking it back there and just letting it like ferment. That's what this smells like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've ever been in that context, but what I imagine it smells like. And for the record, uh, what Scotty said of this one uh, was, uh, he said, please enjoy a couple of treats from out here in Portlandia. The Starbucks drink is from Seattle, but that is my favorite coffee-based drink. The energy drink is straight out of Portland. So he doesn't say he likes this one. He's just yeah. giving us a little flavor of, uh, so hopefully we're not like dumping on something that, that Scotty loves. Well, let me be clear. Scotty, thank you for the package. And, Absolutely. And, and I mean, we yeah, anytime we get anything like this from listeners, it's fun. So, are you ready to take a sip? Yeah, bottoms up. Okay. Oh my gosh, that is horrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh. <laughs> Baby, what are you getting? Make it stop. Talk to me. It's still going in my. I don't know, Here, dude. That's awful. Again. While you recover. I'm confused by the idea that I really kind of like the color of this bottle. Um, and since Hans Bobby, this is radio, not television, I have to describe what it is. But it's really kind of a like a nice, deep, dark blue bottle, except that um, the liquid that's in it is just sort of cloudy. Cloudy is the best way to describe it. I'm going to pour a little out and have a look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yuck. That looks like when you when your drain is clogged and you finally get it, you know, all burbling back up. Mm-hmm. Oi. Oh, that's it, bad. That's rough, man. It just tastes really strongly of lemon juice to me. See if you can get someone in your class to come up and, and take a swig. Okay. Not it. Eddie, there's a clean cup back there. You know what? We've got lots of volunteers. This is great. Line them up. Maybe this is a good group. It's a right of passage. Uh, I wish you could be here. I wish you could be here in person. You know who's going to be here on Tuesday? Who's that? Pipe. Really? Part of his piper. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to hear about a successful podcast, too. Baby, listen, don't talk that way. Why are you so glum today? <laughs> I'm not glum. I'm not glum. Okay. I'm good. Don't be glum. All right, here we go. This is uh, – I want to do it in front of the microphone. This is the sound of me pouring out Viso Vigor for my student. Oh, okay. I see the, I see no, the, no. I see the color now. Yeah, the color is real bad. Hold the blue snowball up to him. Okay. Yeah. Eddie, you – what do you think? What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh gosh <clears throat> speak your speak your truth man use your words yeah it's uh i thought i hadn't tasted anything worse than grapefruit juice mm. in my life mm -hmm. i had that for the first time last semester okay uh that's definitely worse than just raw grapefruit juice yeah i agree i agree it's real bad would anyone else like a, a poll on viso vigor <laughs> okay Caleb, come on up. This is Caleb Blay, my sports editor, longtime friend of the program. Uh, look at the color. Yeah, there's just no consistent color to it. <laughs> Dude, Yamari, Yamari just goes, let me look at the color. <laughs> They're fascinated, Zach. They're fascinated with this. Caleb, what are your thoughts on Viso Vigor? Oh, oh, oh. Ooh. <laughs> he, just <laughs> he just downed it in one shot. Did he whiskey grimace? Yeah, he whiskey grimaced. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. I've had worse. Okay. Yeah, it, I'll, I'll tell you what it doesn't have. It doesn't have that, like New Jersey chemical plant standard energy drink finish that. You and I miss that, don't you? Better with carbonation. <laughs> It'd be better with carbonation, is what Caleb is saying, and I and I agree with him. Yeah, is it an actual energy drink if it's not carbonated? Is the question. I don't think it is, and this speaks to really the 
the origin of, of what makes something an energy drink. You know, we're just calling this bad fruit juice at this point. Um, Zach, who do you think is the audience for this? Because I'm imagining, I can't imagine anyone choosing this. You know what I mean? Even the most dedicated sort of, you know, Portland vegan hipster. There's people who eat, you know, like kale and I mean, yeah, no, this, this tastes bad, but it's okay because, you know, the fact that it tastes bad and it's unpleasant to do makes it like, you know, the, the hoop through which they want to, yeah. Yeah. The fact that they're like, oh, I will subject myself to that in the interest of being edgy. That's, that's what, you know, that's how they earn their, their stripes hipster wise. That's true. You know, we're going to try we're going to try the next one on the air next week and I feel like that's going to be much better. Oh yeah, that's one that I have frequently actually. I'm I'm with this guy that I'm with Scotty McLean that it's it's a really good one. I've got a question for you. This is uh this is shifting gears a bit. Um this is a question that came up in our class yesterday. Um and I can't for the life of me remember what it had to do with anything related to podcasting, but uh it was so it was so much fun and it was so good that I I wanted to I wanted to ask you. So the question is this. What's the most egregious or embarrassing thing you've ever pretended to like to get a girl to like you? So we were talking about this dynamic of, you know, when you're when you're in love, when you're early in the relationship, you you sort of sometimes pretend to like things in order to like please the other person. Um, and what, what's an example of that for you? I, dude, I haven't got one, and here's why. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm, I I just had my 16th wedding anniversary last week. And Congrats. I mean, so that means that we started dating when I was uh, 18, 17 and she was 15. So it's, wow. I haven't had it, you know, like in college, I wasn't impressing girls or anything. Cause I was, you know, I was already uh, engaged part of the time and, and had a girlfriend the rest of the time. Um, but before that, even I always dated girls that were younger than me. So yeah. they were pretending to like my things, not the other way around. Um, so, so they were pretending to like your stuff, baby. Why did you always date younger girls? I th- I think maybe just uh I was never like, you know, I was never the jock. Um I had like the garage band thing kind of going for me, but I realized uh-huh. that all of my my contemporaries um were probably not going to uh swoon over me, but I had an additional thing of being an older guy if I if I set my sights uh to younger girls. Um but yeah. then, you know, I think it also was just uh chance you know like like my wife yeah. she's two years younger than me but i just uh fell for her when we sat next to each other in in choir class and mm. you know she could have been my age or older or whatever um yeah. so it was just it was just dumb luck and it's a good way to do that because women live longer and so if the oh wait no that's backwards you should have a younger guy oh crap wait, wait, wait. she's gonna be alone for a while when i die <laughs> yeah yeah she sure is zach but it should work out Theoretically, for KK and I, because you know the age differential in the other way, which I just realized halfway into that sentence, she gets really mad whenever I talk about that. So, oh, that she's older, or that you're going to die at the same time? That she's older. Oh, so edit that out, okay? I'm not going to edit that out, no. Because she listens to the program. She listens religiously. Does she listen to the other one? Yeah, she listens to both of them. Huh? I like that. Yeah. When we're in Israel, I'm going to pick her brain. Like you know, when we're in some kind of like double decker, smelly bus, I'm going to be like, so tell me. What do you like better about each one and kind of – Here's what's going to happen though. If she praises the other podcast at all, you're going to feel wounded and hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. you're not able to hide that. Yeah, you're right about that. So think about it. I mean just just go, go, go slowly into that conversation. I'm glad you brought up Israel, baby, because we need to promote that. But first I want to tell you about the two things that I pretended to like 
um, okay. in order to get a girl to like me. And the first one was in high school, and it was science. You pretended, pretended to like science. What kind of girls were you trying to woo here? A German exchange student. She was a year <laughs> older than me. Now, was it the kind of science where you, like, liquefy people? Or, I mean, what? No, it was it was the kind of science where you join the science club in order to just go on a trip to New York <laughs> that she was on. Oh, okay. So I never actually did any science or thought about science. I just my, – my only entree into science was being on the New York trip with her. Well, you thought about chemistry probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. Right? You know what? I was so not smooth back then that I couldn't even – I couldn't even parlay like the most romantic city in, in the world into like any progress with her. Really? You know so I mean? she went back to Germany – uh, without any kind of interaction uh, romantically with with Big T, huh? No, you know what? There was a little. There were a couple of dates, baby, but I just, I don't know. I was so unsure of myself back then. You know what I mean? Really? Uh, yeah, I was. That's I, I so really funny, was. dude. You know how you we've know, talked about whether or not we would have been friends if we met in college? We totally would have been. If we would met in high school, that would have been just bizarre because you were unsure of yourself, and I was like completely. Utterly self-confident, but with no reason. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. just nothing behind it, but just sheer confidence for its own sake. Um, and very cocky. I, I wonder what that would have looked like if you and I would have hung out then. Dude, it's funny because – it's funny you mentioned that because most of my friends in high school were like you. You know what so I, I mean? would have been the big T and you would have been the Mikey. Yeah, I would, I would have been the Mikey in, in high school for sure. Yeah, like you bring something nice to wear like that and you would have been the – you would have been the fun-loving party guy, and I would have been the like unsure of myself guy. I mean, I wouldn't have been the guy with like like where it was raining chicks on me or anything, but absolutely, I would have uh, I would have been the one propping you up. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So I pretended to like science, and then uh, when I was in college and I was meeting KK, uh, I pretended to like the band REM for like three years. Before yeah, you mentioned I- that a couple weeks ago. Did I really on the program? A couple episodes ago, in- yeah, yeah. We were talking about oh. you two, then we were talking about REM, and you, you mentioned how you pretended to like them because she judges you to this day for not really liking them enough. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she thought I wasn't thoughtful in my in my listening, and I wasn't. And Only I'm, that I'm, band isn't really, I mean, they don't have like deep lyrics or anything. Or, or, no, I but mean, that band was like 90s, like faux thoughtful. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you wanted to hear thoughtful in the 90s, you liked REM. You know, I love losing my religion. I listened to that uh, a few weeks ago. I was in like a kind of 90s mood and I was yeah. like DJing my own little uh, soundtrack on Spotify. And, and when that came on, I was like, man, this really is a pretty good song. You know what song of theirs that, that I like unironically too is, uh, oh, you're going you're gonna to make fun of me for this, Night Swimming. Do you know that song, Night Swimming? <laughs> no. How's it go? <laughs> Do you want me to sing a few yeah, bars? Yeah, please sing a few bars. Let's, let's get it. Okay, so, so it incorporates a thing from the 90s that I really like, which is piano. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like Ben Folds 5. and Oh, I love that. I got a Ben Folds 5, two Ben Folds 5 CDs for Christmas. Baby, that's, that's great because, yeah, I, lo- I love that whole thing in the 90s. And uh, so R.E.M., they had this like, kind of beautiful piano track called Night Swimming. And it was about you know, swimming with your lady at, at night. Um, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oddly enough. That is exactly as described. <laughs> Do you want me to sing a couple bars, class? You want to hear Night Swimming? Yeah. Okay. They don't it's care a- that much. I thought there'd be like this upswelling. I would make them. I would make them clap or cheer or something. Okay, let's clap it up. If you want to hear Night Swimming, you you need to clap it up. Emily, clap it up. I have one student that's like she's a little bit too good for this. Too good for this <laughs> exercise of Night Swimming. 
She's sitting directly across from me at the table. Ted, I have news for you, man. They're all too good for it, but they're pretending to like it in order to get a good grade. I love that. Which kind of fits the the theme. Except Emily. (laughs) All right, so here it goes. Um, Night swimming deserves a quiet night. No? Do you remember this? No. You're you're just humming at this point, yeah. Yeah, I just remember the I remember the chorus. (laughs) I've never heard that in my life, man. Yeah, Caleb, look that up for me if you if you would, or somebody look it up. Yes. (laughs) Can you hear that, David? I can hear it, yeah, loud and clear. Night swimming. Serves a quiet night. The photograph on the dashboard taken years ago. Turned around backwards so the windshield shows every street light reveals a picture. Ted, that is the most forgettable thing I've heard in my life. Are you serious? Yeah. There's no hook or there's nothing. Maybe this is just a nice memory like for me and KK, and that's why yeah. it's me. It, it, it's, it's got context for you, but it's like when I tried to get Aaron to watch The Goonies, and she'd never watched it in the 80s, so it was nothing for her. And she was just like, this is just a dumb movie. Yeah, see, this has major context for me. Yeah, well, good, good. Hang on to that. You keep singing about the night swimming, man. I hate that we have stuff that we can't connect on. You know what I mean? I hate well, that that didn't work. I thought I thought maybe we could connect over. Ted, it's okay if there's some some ways that you connect with your wife that you don't connect with me. That's that's actually I know, good. That's okay. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Baby, let's talk about the craft of podcasting. So I have students that uh, that have questions for you. I have questions for you. Um, We've been doing this now for how long? A year and a half for the show? No, or two man, years? more than two years. Remember, we had an anniversary uh, early December that it was two years since we started the podcast. Yeah, seven-year anniversary of the company, two years for the podcast. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think has made our show successful? And what's more, what do you think makes the specific apps that people like and that, that people kind of go back to and talk about, what do you think made those apps successful? I think, and I and I think that this is not a broad statement about what makes a successful podcast at all, because I think ours is a weird outlier that there are people that care to listen to it. Um, when, when Barnabas is there, you'll be asking him, and he'll say, "Well, we talk about you know issues that are you know issues in focus uh, for the community." <laughs> I cannot make the issues in focus joke. <laughs> and, right now. <laughs> and uh, it's it's all about you know like uh, discussing things. Whereas like what are the ones that people like uh, most of all and the keep people talk about from the Gut Check podcast when we reviewed an entire box of tacos? Yeah, um, the taco app, the Glum app. When we were both down. Yes, yes. Um, the uh, Soda Stream episode, soda stream, making soda on the air, stuff like that. And I think it's because. Um, you know, when when I listen to podcasts, it's when I'm doing something that kind of isolates me. It, okay. This, you know, so if I'm I'm driving somewhere really far, or I'm you know doing a long task that doesn't require concentration, but just requires me to keep doing something, and I can listen to something, and it's nice when it almost feels like you're with someone else. You know, like part yeah. of a discussion, part you're in on the inside joke, whatever. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like 
someone is lecturing you. Like I, I, I sometimes will listen to you know the White Horse Inn or something, and it's just like I'm sitting there and and they're up on the the you know dais talking down to me. Whereas I think what makes the Gut Check podcast funny and enjoyable is it's clear that you're like pulling up a chair to the tacos yourself. Um, yeah. And then we have a lot of interaction with our listeners via um, Twitter, Facebook, email, and the U.S. Post Office. And by we, you mean you. Right. But I, I, I get the stuff from the post office. So. There you go. And, and I don't know, Ted, I'd say at least a third of the time somebody tweets us something funny and I go back to like respond to them, I find that you already have. So I think you're you're on Twitter more than you say you are. Scott McLean left his Twitter handle in the on the handwritten note, so I, I wanted to go on there and, and thank him myself. So hopefully he appreciated that. Um, baby, how would you say having your own podcast has served you as a writer? So uh, Zach's a novelist. He's done two novels. Um, also a pastor and, you know, the podcasting and, and gut check thing was just something that we kind of started on the side. How it, how do you feel like this has served you as a writer? Hmm. I wish you would have sent me these questions beforehand. I could have sounded informed. Um, I, I don't like to lose the spontaneity though. <laughs> the the, the lovely spontaneity of me, uh, like being quiet for a second and then going, Mm. Um, and the spontaneity of you not liking my song REM Night Swimming that I just played for you. <laughs> I remember when you the buried your soul vis-a-vis light night swimming, and I just kind of like brushed it off. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that hey, uh, baby before before you get into this, have you ever like night swam with Aaron? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've night swam, dude. Me too. Not Aaron, with Aaron and I have night swam. Okay. <laughs> actually on our uh, Aaron and I went on our honeymoon and this isn't going to get graphic or anything to uh, okay. uh, Florida and it was uh, December 30th uh, or it was probably New Year's New Year's Day by the time we like got there and we're, and we're ready to, to roll and we got there hoping it would be 75 degrees and it was like 40 oh. so we left a snowstorm in Michigan to go to Florida and have it be cold and yeah. uh, we were like damned if we're not going to swim one time and so we went from our hotel room and it was an outdoor pool and like ran there and got in and it was it was fairly late and we just kind of stayed down in the water for a long time uh after which was a horribly excruciating cold you know attempt to get back to the room the uh (laughs) i would say that it's not so much that it's helped my writing but insofar as writing involves crap like platform building which is yeah, just yeah. excruciatingly awful stuff to think about and do. Mm-hmm. Gut check removes the work of that and makes it fun. So no, I've got, you know, like uh, people who've, you know, bought not only all the gut check books and follow your books, they've also bought my, my novels. Um, not because I like did all the crap you're supposed to do to quote unquote build your platform, but because we've connected with people, uh, just on a, like a human level and they're like, Oh, well I'll, I'll buy your book and see what it's like. It's probably got some of your personality in it and we like each other. So, um, I don't know. I think it, it, what podcasting can do is take something that's just awful and make it fun and, and enjoyable. Although if you read, uh, mega, and you should have. If you didn't, you missed an opportunity. You should have assigned that as a required book to buy and read for this class, mm-hmm. um, because there's that whole section on podcasting. The climax is a podcast, the Dude, transcript is, of a podcast, um, and that shows how if you approach it as kind of uh, platform building, you're going to wind up being bored, and and it's going to just be a downer. 
uh, you know, it can it can be something very corny and stupid and, and not fun. But I think the way we do it, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's it, it kind of it's probably the only platform building you do because you're so very against uh, marketing? Um, it is. And I am. Um, but I love it. No, I truly love it. And I do it because it's fun. And I do it because I think. Yeah, in, in a way. OK, so the, the problem with platform building the conventional way is that you're not making any product like you're just tweeting about yourself or you're uh, putting up Facebook posts about yourself or your products or whatever. Um, whereas the thing that I really like about this is that um, even though it's not writing, it's not making books, which is what I love to do. Um, we're still like making a product. You know what I mean? We're making a show and people can consume it whenever they want. They can enjoy it. They can interact with it. And um, so I feel like it's less, you know, it's less platform and it's more, you know, making and creating. And, you know, right. I think at the end of the day, for both of us as writers, what we love to do is create. Yeah. And, and the idea of someone buying our books is tangential to it. It's not why we do it. We do it for the fun. Yeah. And then if as a byproduct, you know, it grows an audience uh, for books, that's fine. If it doesn't, that's fine. Um, that's, I think that's why, because there's not all this pressure on it. I think that's why it's such a good outlet for, for someone, whether you're a musician or you're, you know, whatever you're doing, um, to talk about it on a podcast uh, and, you know, to be willing to do it for long enough to actually get a, a decent listenership. Um, it's, it's a freeing thing uh, because it becomes self-sustaining. You do it because it's fun to do, and then you start reaping the benefits of it down the road. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay, I want to talk about something that bums me out about Florida. You told a story about Florida, uh, and then I want to talk about something I'm really excited about, and then I want us to walk through the kind of technicalities of making this show. So I want I want to walk them through the uh, the little handout that you made for us, and then and then open it up to questions. Let them ask you some things. But um, baby, I'm really sad that we're not going to be able to be in Miami together for El Lector. Now, um, my understanding was we were going to just move it to the summertime. Oh, okay. We that, can do that. That's what I, that's what KK had told my wife, I think. Um, yeah, oh, really? it, it, it occurred to me that the very reason why you were able to go that week, uh, uh-huh. i.e. it's Holy Week and you have it off of uh, your main job there, it was the very reason why I am unable to go because it's Holy Week and there's no way I can take it off from my job. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm excited that we might be able to do it in the summer. Yeah, we'll do it in the summer. You know what? We'll be on the coast. It doesn't matter that it's going to be hot down there. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be smoking cigars, soaking up the breeze. It's going to be fun. We're going to we're still going to do it. Turn that frown Luis upside down. He's going to put us in that hotel with a cabanas. By yes. The pool. Dude, we're going to be in cabanas. Okay. Cabanas. Yeah, we're going to be in cabanas. Like gentlemen. Um <laughs> You know, gentlemen of the cabanas. Dude, you know what else we're going to experience like gentlemen? And this is segueing into a little promo for Good Battle Tours and our friend Cliff Graham. Uh, you and I are going to be in Israel together uh, immediately after the school year. So this will be uh, late May, early June. Um, we are going as guests of Cliff Graham and Good Battle Tours. Uh, if you haven't done so already, check out goodbattletours.com. Uh, Cliff is an author. He writes um, violent historical fiction about Old Testament battles. And uh, he also leads tour groups to Israel, and uh, he's been kind enough to let Zach and I come. He also and, hunts people. Uh, he probably hunts people for sport. I don't know. <laughs> he just seems like that kind of guy. Get some um, of your students to agree to go right now. It's 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 dirt cheap, seven hundred and fifty bucks. It will get you from New York to Israel, all everything uh, you know, the whole tour, and then back home. You guys want to come to Israel? Raise your hands. 
It's a field trip. All right, Yamari's in, man. Me and Yamari and, and Zach, we're going to Israel. Like gentlemen. <laughs> we're going to be in cabanas. <laughs> <laughs> Israeli cabanas. Israeli cabanas. Baby, have you, uh, have you convinced Aaron to go yet? I know KK is, is working on her and trying to make that happen. That I didn't know. Um, no, I, I don't believe she's going to go. Uh, I, I broached the subject a little bit, and we were both a little a little unsure about it. And they have a uh, massive northern Michigan trip planned that's going to involve ah. going all over the place, my, my son and my wife. So, I, yeah, I don't think she's going to. So I'm going to be the third wheel. Um, yeah. Whenever you and, and KK, you know, look upon a beautiful uh, vista and, and you pull her close and, and, and kiss her on the mm-hmm. forehead, you're going to look over and, and I'm going to be on the other <laughs> side of you, you know, just uh-huh. <laughs> just kind of just there all the time. You know what? You listen to me, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> when we night swim in the Dead Sea, <laughs> you're going to be there floating next Bobbing to us. Bobbing along next to you. Because of all the salt in the water, bobbing along. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm going to do right now? Hmm. I'm going to open it up to my students and see if they have any questions uh, for us t- on the air. All right. Yeah, we got a couple. Let's go, uh, let's go here. Chris. So I know you all said that you had an anniversary podcast a bit ago, and you may have talked about this then, but what would be each of y'all's high moments mm-hmm. with this podcast so oh, far? Oh, we talked about that last week, man. Listen to the podcast. No, no. Answer the, answer the question, man. This is my student. You speak respectfully to him. <laughs> I think that the the high moment for – well, we talked about for the company, maybe not so much for the podcast. We talked about our favorite episodes. I think that the funniest one is the taco one. My favorite yep. ones are definitely the ones that we have recorded in the same room, not yeah. you know over the the Skype. Um, yeah. It's much much more fun and much more hilarious. I like especially the ones where we were on the settee together and our and our thighs were touching a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I have my own thing going on with that. Um, I know, I know it. You like those too, I right, Ted? I do like those. You know what my favorite apps though are? Huh. My favorite memories of the show are uh, we we had this spot we had. Kind of a, a long-term sponsor of the program, Timothy's Fine Tobaccos in Bay City, Michigan. Mm. And Bay City was about, I don't know, 90 minutes by car. And you grew up there, so you had a connection to Tim and, and the shop. And it was just a beautiful shop, great place. And maybe, I don't know, once every couple of months, we would take a road trip out to Timothy's where we would we would have cigars like gentlemen. And then we would, we would go into Bay City and do some antiquing because Bay City had great antique shops. And, um, and because we are two men. <laughs> because we are two men. Um, but one one time we got the idea that wouldn't it be fun to do like a remote and do the episode in the car on the way over because we realized that like all of our banter in the car between your house and Timothy's was always really money and really hilarious. And we just thought, what if we mic'd up? Everything we say is art. Everything we say is art. We mic'd up and everything that we said in the car would be would be amazing. And I just remember you lashing a microphone to my lapel with one of these and i have one in front of me i've been fidgeting with it all all afternoon one of these standard like clamps that you use to clamp paper together uh was what zach used to lash the uh the lapel mic onto uh onto me and uh those are good memories man that the antiquing uh the cigars at tim's uh, <laughs> and Ted, all, all good times for the company what's the yeah. epilogue of that though after all that all that fidgeting and and uh and lashing uh was yeah. it a, a pretty good app on the car on the way there did people like it when they heard it i feel like they never heard it they never it, heard it because it didn't <laughs> the lashing was unsuccessful 
remember how also on that same trip I smoked two like really heavy cigars in succession at Timothy's and then got sick and like laid on the floor of a park district bathroom for a little while on the way home. Yes, that was gross. You, yeah. you, you disappeared into like, you know, and, and what is it about public beach? Like Bay City is on, on the bay, this, I think where they get the name, and we went to this, it was stopped at this like state park with the, with, with the big beach and then like the, the changing room slash bathroom. And, mm. and I went in there uh, and you were lying on the floor and I was like, you must feel horrible if you were willing to like, stretch I and mean, you're a tall drink of water you had to stretch it all out on that uh yeah. on that bathroom floor and that's a good I memory for all, you that the whole trip is a good memory and i've i've blocked out you know the the unpleasant parts but we had another question yeah yeah i was just wondering if you guys could uh speak a little bit more to your um creative process like where do you source some of your material i know like a lot of what you guys have been doing today is like just you know vamping and stuff but like, yeah whenever you do more structured stuff where do you guys generate that Good question. Zach, where do we generate our uh, our creative material for the show? We just mine our own product. That's the that's was the first idea for the podcast. So like mm-hmm. the first episode, we read like a chapter from the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion. Mm-hmm. Um, then we read some stuff the next time from Mega. Uh, yep. we, we read a chapter uh, just about every episode from our uh, Rapture novel spoof, um, Re-Raptured, uh, yeah. formerly Beauty and the Mark of the Beast. Beauty and the Mark uh, of the Beast, yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, we, we just kind of like uh, – or, or we'll, we'll uh, write something really funny. We'll put it up on what's called our Gut Check Army page, which is for people who've signed up for uh, our newsletter and stuff. And then uh, we'll just read part of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't feel like we, we – we don't have any source outside ourselves, do we? No, not really. We're, we're incredibly self-centered in that way. But we have, a, we have a new white paper in the works. Have you had a chance to work mm-hmm. at all on, the, on the, the Die Hard white paper? I will tonight, dude. Good. Uh, it's called Hans Bobby, I'm your white paper. And, um, <laughs> one, of, one of the most, one of the most successful things we ever did as a company was, uh, we thought it'd be funny to give like a very serious academic treatment to the movie Rocky four, um, which is a really crappy movie. So, uh, so we wrote a Rocky four white paper, which is to this day, I think the most sort of downloaded and consumed thing that we've ever done as a company. Um, and we have we have a similar passion for the movie Die Hard, so we uh, we're we're hard at work in gut check academic on uh, on the on the the Die Hard white paper. Uh, Zach, I know you have to go. You're up against a little bit of a time thing here, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I got about ten minutes. Okay, would you, if you would, um, I want to make this practical for them. Kind of talk through just the logistical steps of making an episode from the technical standpoint. Um, we talk a lot about sort of content and ideas and the creative side of podcasting in here, but um, I want to make sure they understand what you go through as sort of the, the technical arm of Gut Check. Oh, and then we got another question. Yamari, you had a question. Yeah, yeah what do you got? Uh, what are some changes that you guys have made from the beginning to when y'all start doing podcasts up to this point? Yeah, the question is, what are the changes that we've made from the beginning of the show up to this point? I, I think the big one that comes to mind for me, Zach, is much more interaction with the listeners. Um, I would say a part of every program is, you know, like today, giving love to people that send us stuff or reading, you know, reading reviews of the show, um, you know, reading things that people have said about our books or whatever online. So there's a lot of interaction, um, I think, with the listeners. That would be the big change for me. And I mean, the other big change, obviously, was uh, when I moved down here. So we went from doing the episodes together in the same space, which had its own kind of energy and was really, really fun. Um 
to honestly like kind of not knowing if it was going to work when I moved down here. Uh, I think, you know, we didn't know if we could recapture, I guess, the energy of it with uh, over Skype. But can you speak to that at all? Any other changes? I think that originally the idea was um, we would leverage the podcast medium to promote Gut Check Press. Yeah. And that's something we do once in a while now, but it's by no mm-hmm. means the the point of the thing. And and maybe part of that – now it was before you moved. I was going to say maybe part of that is just like uh, now we're just chatting, keeping in touch and catching yeah. up every couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's less time for that. But no, we, we had uh, changed the format early on where you know we, we will occasionally remind people that they can buy the, uh, these books on, on that sweet little Amazon – Dot, was that Amazon.com, that little bookseller? Yeah, independent mom and pop, you know, small bookseller, One Amazon. Of a kind. Yeah, yeah uh, but but generally really support them. You know, <laughs> I I have on my fridge the the image of the Amazon employee, and it just reminds me that for the cost of a cup of coffee a day, I can really I could support someone on Amazon. You know, but that's more more or less gone to the wayside, uh, and and we'd rather just uh, you know riff and, and be stupid uh, because uh, frankly, promoting your own stuff. It's not fun, and it feels awkward. So, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Zach, let's go through these uh, these technical steps um, on actually recording and, and presenting the podcast. Uh, right. Do you have that in front of you? I don't. I can try and find it, or you can read them one at a time if you have Why don't one. I? Why don't I talk well, us through Let this? me say from the outset that mm-hmm. uh, there are different levels of uh, – kind of professionalism and standards that people have. Um, there are an awful lot of uh, podcasts about podcasting out there, and they will review equipment every week. And there are people who will literally put in, you know, $10,000 to soundproof a room and buy really top-of-the-end audio equipment. Ted and I bought a couple of couple hundred-dollar podcasting mics, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we just – grabbed those with what money we had in the, the coffers of the gut check press um, bank account. And that's it. We, 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 we think, uh, and here's the beauty of it. It's kind of like our website, which is sucky, but that's the joke, you know, like that. It looks like it's from 1996. Uh, and the podcast, we talk frequently about how it's just two guys talking into computers. So if you hear like the squeaking of my chair, like you hear right now, that's kind of part of the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no attempt to make it sound like it was really in a radio studio, even while we talk about it as if it were like professional radio, and that's the joke. So, meaning that we use the word radio. Yes, I think that like if you if you're taking this class because you want to be like a world class podcaster and you want to be up there by you know a serial and This American Life and stuff, you're you're gonna have to do a lot more than what we do. Uh, but if you want to just get started with it and just kind of do it in a way that works, then you know, if you want to rank ninety uh, ninth in Germany once, then right. you could. If you want probably to be huge just... in New Zealand, like we are. Yeah, we are actually huge in New Zealand. We yeah. have several, and by huge, I mean we have like a handful of people in New Zealand that listen to us. I think there might be a half dozen New Zealanders. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. I think to that point, though, Zach, you make a good point. You know, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, and that I know other people in the room listen to, that are. That are themselves like sub products of of bigger media companies like the Ringer, uh, the ESPN podcasts. You know they're not they're not flawless when it comes to production values. You know you can tell that it's guys like skyping in from various places with each other, and there's a little bit of rawness to that. And I mean it sounds good, it's listenable, it's you know it's clean, but it's not sort of you know the polished you know highly produced 
this American life kind of, uh, kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, I want to talk us through this because I know you have to go soon. Uh, number one here is load call recording software. Um, this is obviously, um, you know, if you're, if you're recording a call, if you're recording a Skype call, if you, if you have people in various places, um, if they were doing just their own podcast, what would you recommend for them? We use one called Amolto Call Recording Premium. It was like okay. 30 bucks. And what's nice about it is I can record me on one channel, you on another. And that way, mm. if you happen to be way quieter or, or vice versa, I can master the things, make it the same. Or if I talk over you and I, mm-hmm. and I, I could just mute myself and just have you be heard, um, that's, that's much uh, better than you know just having to deal with this really raw you and me talking sound yeah. file, which is what happens if you try to use audacity or something and cut corners. Uh, so yeah. yeah, you know, there's a million of these programs out there. Some are free, some you get what you pay for. Uh, yeah. ours is kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. So if they are just using audacity, um, you know, I know that's what we have on, on the little, uh, studio that we have in the library that many of them will be recording on. Um, what would you recommend there? I mean, if it's just one person, obviously that's, that's fine. But right, if there yeah. are two people in the studio, um, do you, do you have any any tips or any ideas as to what what they might might do to make that sound better? The main thing is you want to have a podcasting microphone, um, mm-hmm. which is going to be. We used to use a, a, like a vocal microphone, an SM58 uh, that I had from my GarageBand days, which is a really good microphone. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the right compressor in it. It was it was just a raw mic, and then that would feed into. You know, all mm-hmm. these things. So get a podcasting microphone. You can get them for 150 bucks, and then turn it so that it's 45 degree angle. So it's not pointing right at your mouth. It's pointing diagonally and then talk past it. Otherwise, you're going to get all the, like here, I'm going to talk directly into it. I'm going to use the P's and T's. And we still yeah. get some of that, of course. And I don't try to mess. I just leave it in. But if you talk diagonally past it, you'll get a lot less of that. Good, baby. I like it. Um, so I'm going to zip through these. That won't be necessarily germane to them if they're not connecting via Skype. Number two is connect via Skype with Ted. Number three is see if it's actually recording. Number four, it's not. (laughs) Number five, get mad and swear under my breath. Number six, repent. Number seven, all important steps. All important steps. Number seven, record incredible podcast full of hilarity. Um, and then number eight, open files and sound editing software match reference points. Talk about that a little bit. I use uh, SoundForge, and yeah. oddly, um, even even with the today's computers, uh, you, when you record three sound files simultaneously, one of them has both of us, one of them has just you, one of them has just me. There, mm. they don't line up automatically. Uh, if you just leave them there, they'll get off where I'm talking, and then you're talking later, or you know. So I just even the know, one that has both of us. Well, no, that, that's the one I use to line up the other two gotcha. um, by, by snipping out just little bits of silence and stuff. And it, it, yeah, it takes about 10 minutes, and, and it, it's worth it to have two different files instead of, instead of just one. Okay. And what, why is it worth it? I'm, I'm just asking, you know, what would, be the, what would be the disadvantage to using the file with both of us talking? If you listen to the first few we did over Skype, um, mm-hmm. you can hear the difference, uh, where often for the whole episode, uh, one of us is way louder than the other. Um, yeah. or, you know, it's, you'll just have, uh, you have Skype delay, you know, lag, and we both start talking at the same time. And there's a whole bunch of that. Um, I can just delete one of us, uh, yeah. this way. And then, you know, it just kind of removes the awkwardness and that's as, as much as I really do to kind of edit the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I know, and I, I think even with the other podcast, there's not, um, there's not much more than that, that, that happens on the editing end. 
Uh, number nine, we sort of touched on go through once to equalize slash master the volume. Oddly, Ted's voice will be super loud and then super quiet. So I have to raise and lower volume accordingly. I don't know why that happens to me. I think it's just the way you, the way you talk. I, I kind of have a, a preacher mode where I, I'm talking to a group even though they're not here. And so I kind of like project and, and you're just chatting and that's how people talk. And I probably could leave it where it gets really quiet. But when I yeah. see the like sine wave or whatever sound wave on the screen and it gets mm-hmm. really small, I have a compulsion to make it bigger. So I just do. It doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Number 10, go through again for content, removing dead air, off-air conversations, etc. Um, again, if it's just you in the studio, that won't be a huge issue. Um, if it's you talking to another person, it may be an issue if there's stuff that uh, you feel like just didn't work or stuff that you feel like you don't want to use on the air. Um, or if you ask someone a question, they wait a super long time. Um, or if someone you're recording with sings night swimming and you just don't want that in there. Um, you have the, the option of going through again for content and clipping certain things out. Um, number 11, uh, put in the bumper music intro, et cetera, on the file. What's that process like for you, Zach? It's just, I open up last week's episode, I grab uh-huh. the music, copy it, paste it in, I grab the little vocal intro, which is, you know, we only update it when we get a new sponsor, uh, mm-hmm. and paste it in, and then, you know, I, then I, I throw a little some, something faded in at the end, and that's it. Right, right. Um, and people can learn. I mean, I'm quite sure that that 1920 year olds, whoever's in your class, already know. Uh, see if people are nodding. They already know how to use basic sound nodding. editing software. Yeah, it's it's something that you yeah. you fool around with because it's it's free and it's easy to use. So yeah, mm. anybody can do this stuff. It's really true. True, true. Uh, okay, so export to MP3 number twelve. Um, talk about that file export, and then I name okay. it, and that's it. Right. And then once they have once they have the MP3, um, that's the that's the the item that can be dropped into a blog or dropped into a website or wherever they want this thing to live uh, in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah, and we use uh, archive.org because we don't want to pay the three bucks a month for Podbean. Yeah. Right, we use archive.org, and then what what was the process? And again, this is instructive for me because you know I'm a part of two of these, but. I didn't really have the the interaction with iTunes or any of that. Like, at what point did we get on iTunes, and what did that look like? Oh, it's so easy. We did it right away. Um, basically, on the Gut Check podcast uh, or on the Gut Check Pre- <clears throat> Gut Check Press. See, I'll, I'll skip. Probably delete out that part where I couldn't speak. Uh, the Gut Check Press website. There's an uh, RSS file. Uh, mm-hmm. RSS means real simple syndication, uh, and it's just the same thing that drives a blog or whatever. It's got just a list of items. Yeah. Um, and, and the metadata for each item. And so you put that file somewhere, then you copy the address to that file and submit it to iTunes along with a graphic and the name and the, the uh, category and, you know, whether or not it has you know, explicit content and all this stuff. And then like three days later, it shows up in the iTunes store. People can review it. And, you know, it's, it's, that's, I think where you, if you don't do that step, uh, you probably won't get much of a listenership. Right, right. Uh, and then finally, 17 and 18, post links to social media, wait for the adoration to begin rolling in. Um, and we've certainly experienced that. Uh, baby, I know you have to go soon. Any other questions? Anybody have a question? This has been great, man. Do you want to hear me sing something else? Um, Any other 90s karaoke hits that you want uh, just a few seconds of before you go? Yeah. How about uh, Hold Me Closer? Tiny Dancer? 
No. Uh, what was the name oh. of that outfielder? Oh, yeah. So we went to a minor league baseball game together, and we were talking about walk-up music. And if we were minor league baseball players, what walk-up music we would choose. And for some reason, the song Tiny Dancer came up. Because the guy's name Elvis was like, like Blimey Dantzler or yeah. something like that. No, his name was Tony Dantzler. Yeah, and yeah. The whole rest of the afternoon, we were singing Hold Me Closer, Tony Dantzler, when he would come up to bat. <laughs> Not to be right, confused so, with Tony Danza. Music for Tiny Dancer. I'm going to sing a few bars of this to bring us out of the program. And, uh... <laughs> Dude, more piano. I'm a piano you guy, love, You're the piano man, if you will. Oh, wait, too soon. <laughs> Cut that out. You guys, I want to hear you guys, too, man. Everybody knows this song. Blue jean, baby. L.A. Lady. Seems just for the band, Seems Zach. For the band. Yeah. Pretty eyed. Pirate smile. You marry a music man. Come on, I want to hear you guys. Ballerina, you must have seen her. Eddie, you don't know this? You don't know Tiny Dancer by Elton John? Dancing in the sand. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yeah, now you could never do that. Always with me. Tiny Dancer in my hands. Dude, it takes forever to get into the chorus on this one. I, I have like zero yeah. minutes left, buddy. Jesus okay. I'm going to get us to the chorus. Is anything happening? What is happening? <laughs> oh, I lost it. Are you still there? Yeah, this has been a real big ending. I know, this is a, this is a terrible ending. <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible ending. <laughs> It didn't go the way I wanted it to at all. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. You got to go pick up your kid, and I've got to uh, salvage this experience somehow for the students. <laughs> so we will see you next time. Everybody show your name.